The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. I want to discuss, there's certain, uh, as we know, halacha is eternal. Halacha doesn't change. Jewish law does not change. But um, sometimes the application of Jewish law can change. You don't understand what I'm talking about? I'll explain. So meaning that there's certain halachot which it seems from the Torah, when the Torah says halacha, that's it, there's no question about it. But sometimes the halacha can be based on, on certain uh, societal context. To try to translate that into English. Um, that means, let's say, one of the things, we're going to talk about a few different things. Sometimes we have halacha, the Torah says, um, for example, one of the things we're going to talk about is one of the main topics is there's a prohibition in the Torah, lo tilbash gever simlatisha. It means a man cross dressing, this is good to know, cross dressing, a man to wear a woman's clothing is prohibited, and a woman to wear a man's clothing is prohibited. Now, what is the definition of a woman's clothing and a man's clothing? So that can change over time. So that means the halacha remains the same. It's always prohibited. Okay, cross-dressing is prohibited. Taking notes. Okay. I'll remember that. Okay, so... But the, the, the point is how we define what is a woman's clothing and what is not. That can change over time. Right? Especially right now. Yes, change, things change. That means society changes. So the lacha will change, not because the lacha changed. The application of the definition of what's considered a woman's garment and what's considered a man's garment can change over time. And therefore, in order to apply that lacha, so the lacha, the ruling is going to change. Meaning, so what I want to discuss tonight, one of the things is um, weapons, women carrying guns, because that's something the Gemara says that it's prohibited for a woman to carry a weapon because that in the olden times that was a man's it was a domain of, uh, of a male only males carry, uh, went to war as we're going to discuss that's something that changed the question is so does the halakha change because society changed okay that's one example another example relevant to the holiday since it is uh, holiday is um, we'll discuss in a second there's a difference as we know between Shabbat and Chag Okay, on Shabbat you're not allowed to cook, and on the Chag the Torah says in the pasuk in Shemot, the Torah says in Parashat Shemot when it's in the context of Pesach, the Torah says, "Ubayom um, Kodesh." Um, it's talking about Pesach. The seventh day, the first day is a holiday. Seventh day is a holiday, as we know. In Eretz Yisrael, it's only seven days. In Chutz we have an extra day, in Sukkot and Pesach. All work shall not be done, just like Shabbat. So the same 39 categories of work that are asur, that's prohibited on Shabbat, are also prohibited on the Chag. But, one exception, says the Torah, Things that we need to eat, okay, on the holidays we need to eat. So therefore, says the Torah, you're allowed to cook on, on holidays. That's the only difference between Shabbat and holidays is cooking and also carrying. Okay, so cooking, we cook on, on holidays. That's clearly permitted. We need to cook on the Chag. We all know you're allowed to cook. But the Gemara broadens this. The Gemara says, actually, you're allowed to do any, anything that once we allowed lighting a fire on the Chag, on the holiday, so now we allow to light the fire for other things too, not just food, let's say uh, smoking. Okay, technically would also be permitted. Um, you want to heat up water to take a bath, take a shower. 
Okay, that technically is also prohibited, permitted. But says the pasuk, the Gemara learns from it says Yachal lechol nefesh. That means it has to be something that is a benefit to the normal person. Okay, a normal average person has to benefit from this type of thing. So the question becomes, so let's say, let's take smoking as an example. Smoking used to be 50, 100, 200 years ago, was a, was a normal benefit. Everyone, not everyone smoked, but a good percentage of the population smoked. So therefore, most of the poskim in the 1700s, 1600s said smoking is okay on, your, on the Chag. You're lighting a fire, you're not, you're not only light a fire, you can light from an existing flame. Because that's called what we call shavel lechal nefesh. It means it's something that is equal. It's a benefit for everyone. Okay. Therefore, if something is beneficial for everyone, you're allowed to do that melacha and the chag. For you're everyone or for the person that is doing? No. It has to be the person's allowed to do it only if it's a normal society benefits from it in general. Meaning normal people like that thing. So let's, that's what I'm saying, giving smoking as an example. 50 years ago, right, if you looked in the Life magazine, all these places, they advertised smoking as a healthy thing. And everyone liked to smoke. Before the Surgeon General's report in 1962, 63 or 64, I don't know, before my day, your day. I don't smoke. So, uh, so then, so it was a normal part of society. Now, it changed. Today, smoking, at least in America, and in Israel, Israel is different. But in most Western countries, peop most people do not smoke. I know this synagogue is a little not part of regular society. Um, but in most, in the general society, people in America stop uh, cut down on smoking, and it's very low. The, the percentage now is, I think, is 12% in America of smoking, something like that. So it changed. So does the halacha change? So maybe now on the chag you're not allowed to smoke anymore, because since again, it's, since it's society changed. So not that the halacha is changing. The halacha is always the same. In order to be permitted to do the melacha and the chag, it has to be shavelech al nefesh. It has to be something that benefits or that is a normal benefit. Everyone derives pleasure from it. Smoking now is not. Most people today, when you smoke in a restaurant and at work, they'll scream at you. They kick you out. It smells and it kills you. And so, so most people today, it's not. Don't consider it benefit. So does that mean the application of the halacha changed? Do you have the question? Anyone? Nobody. Okay. Um, so then another, another, just another thing I'll throw so out is uh, this in Israel and here is going to be different. Maybe, well, maybe if it could change. That's what I'm saying. Does the halacha change based on the societal change? That's the question. Another, another example would be uh, showering. Okay, before uh, when I was born, there was no indoor plumbing. Okay, uh, really, but okay, it's not that old, but but there was most, there was no, uh, there was no hot water. Yeah, most, if you go back 50 years, my father told me he was born in Poland. He said uh, once a week they would go down to the river. They had two pairs of clothing. He was a rich family. Once a Friday they would go down to the river. They would go in the river, change their clothes for Shabbat. That's it. That was the only time. He said he told me once he came home for his. Uh, sister was getting married so he left yeshiva he traveled home and his father wouldn't let him come to the wedding because uh, he said he took off from yeshiva and he didn't let him shower he didn't take a shower and he couldn't come to the wedding so you know if you took a shower there maybe one there was no showers days you bathe you know once a month uh, if you're lucky 
right? What? Once a month? I'm saying, why doesn't you go run to the river? At Friday they would go to the mikvah, and that's it. So that was the norm. Times yeah. have changed. So now, it also wasn't possible to heat up water. Yeah. You didn't have uh, hot water heaters in the house. It wasn't normal to take showers. So in Houston, clearly it's very different. You take a shower. Today in America, you take a shower daily in most yes. places in America. Again, Israel's different. I'm not talking about Israel. If you ever been to Israel, they don't shower daily. Um, I believe it. <laughs> so, so, but I'm saying in all places, actually, matter of fact, in Texas, there was even a court case in, 19, in the 90s where the prisoners in a Texas prison sued prison because they wouldn't let them shower daily. And they won the case because they said, this is a normal thing today. You have to let, it's a violation of human rights if you don't let the prisoners shower daily. So and today, they well, and they won the case, yeah, it was the Texas Appeals Court. <laughs> so the point, what? What is it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Texas is not known for their prisoner rights. Yeah. You know, for a very expensive prisoner. So the point, bottom line is, so so today times have changed. Today most people shower daily. Um, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for other people. But uh, the 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 point is, in Houston you probably shower a few times a day. So the question is, so so now it used to be. So the Shulchan Aruch says very clearly in the Code of Jewish Law it says. On the Chag, you cannot, you're only allowed to heat up water to wash, it says, your hands, face, and feet. But not your whole body. Because it wasn't normal. The Shulchan Aruch was written 500 years ago, or whatever it was. Um, it, it was. It wasn't normal to shave, to, to, uh, to bathe daily, to bathe your whole body. Therefore, so says the Shulchan Aruch very clearly, you're only allowed to heat up water on the Chag in order to, to wash your face, feet, and hands. That was normal to do. But more than that, not. You can't take a full, uh, you can't bathe fully on the Chag. Why? Because it wasn't normal. The question is today, do we change the Alachad? Does the application change because society has changed? That's the question. You have a question? Everyone got the question? So it's very clear. If you look at, as far as showering is concerned, the Chafetz Chaim already writes, he says, he wants to say, that today, he, on the Shulchan Aruch, he, they didn't have hot water in his days either. They weren't able to heat up water. But, he says like this, he says, um, today it's not normal to even wash your face. Uh, to, sorry, not to wash your face, to wash your feet. Right? The, the reason why normally you, you wash your feet daily then, because people walk barefoot, they had dirt roads and they walked barefoot. So it was normal when you came to your house, you would wash your feet before going into the house. Today we have shoes, we have we don't have dirt roads anymore. So he said the Chafetz Chaim already says, today on the Chag you can't wash your feet. Because society changed. We don't wash our feet on a daily basis. Therefore it's not what we call again a benefit to all. Therefore says the Chafetz Chaim, you can't wash your feet anymore. So you see very clearly that it changes. Wait, but when you take a shower, your fear also left. It's true, but not in his time. His time, he didn't take showers. So he's saying is that, so what I'm showing you from there is that, that it does change, meaning the fact that society changes, so therefore the halacha changes the definition. The principle, again, it's very important to understand, the halacha is not changing. The law to, Jewish law never changes, it's eternal. But the application of the halacha changes. That means, again, that the principle of the Jewish law is shavelech al-nefesh, it has to be something that's a benefit to everyone. So, in those days, showering was not a regular occurrence in society, bathing your whole body daily, therefore, you can't do it on the Chag. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. But today, where times have changed, where we do shower daily, so you're allowed to heat up water. So, according to Poskim today, you're allowed to take a shower on the Chag. Even though, when you, today, we have a hot water heater, when you 
when water is going to come into your shower, more water is going to be cooking on the chag. You're causing more water to come in. On Shabbat, it's prohibited to take a shower because you're cooking. Because when the water comes out, more water comes into your water. But on the on the chag, according to what we're saying, since the, the society changed, therefore the application of the halacha will change. And therefore, today you're allowed to shower. Okay? On the chag. Oh, but he's right. So, but according to this, if you're saying change, yeah. so today society changed with smoking, so then smoking on the Chag would now be prohibited. And according to many post it's a problem. You couldn't smoke. We're not talking about marijuana, only cigarettes. Marijuana. Oh, that's and another issue. That's a separate issue. <laughs> oh. But uh, smoking today, no, meaning if we say you're allowed to shower, it's a very good point. So then you wouldn't be allowed to smoke on the Chag anymore. It could be as a problem of halachically smoking anyway, um, because it's dangerous. That's a separate issue. I'm not going to discuss that today. Um, you're now to do something that's a danger to your life in general. So it could be smoking today is anyway prohibited even then on the Chag. But let's say, let's say marijuana, which is not so dangerous, not as dangerous as cigarette smoking, right? It's not as addictive, it uh, doesn't kill you. So that, let's, let's seriously, in a serious way, so marijuana, maybe on the Chag, would be permitted. So I'm assuming it's legal, whatever, I don't want to get uh, to legal <laughs> issue. But the point is, so, so, so today what we're saying is since it's not what we call again, it's not the norm of to smoke today, in general society, again, this show is different, but in general society, <laughs> so therefore, it would be prohibited to smoke on the Chag, okay? So again, this is, that's, we're showing you where societal changes affect the halacha. Normally, again, the halacha is not changing. The halacha can never change. It's the principle, because the principle was saying is shalach al-nefer. Now let's, let's talk some guns, because this is Texas, yeah. and we need to talk some guns. So, so, um, so I'm going to switch now to so there's another question. So the question again is, there is a prohibition, a very clear prohibition. It's in Pasha Kisketze. It's twice written in the Torah. Once in Kedoshin, in Vayikra, and, and then again in Pasha Kisketze. Dvarim, Deuteronomy, um, 22.5. It says like this. Um, I read the pasuk. Pasuk says like this in twenty two five. Pasuk says like this. Lo, I'm going to try read in Hebrew and translate. Lo yekli gever alisha. That means article says male garb shall not be on a woman. Lo yilbash gever simlatisha. And a man shall not wear a woman's garment. Okay, so it's a two way street. So males cannot wear female garments and females cannot wear male garments. But kli doesn't mean garment. Kli. Yeah, in this yeah, in this context, we'll talk about not only garment, but it does mean yeah. Clearly, the Torah uses that like usually it means a vessel, but it means uh, any type of vessel could be jewelry also. Doesn't mean <coughs> garment per se. Um, anything that's uh, that a woman adorns herself with, a man shouldn't adorn himself with, and anything that a man adorns. So let's say a uh, man could wear male jewelry if it's clearly made for a man, but he can't wear uh, female jewelry. Okay. So earrings that are made for males or they're unisex earrings. If it's unisex, is no pro problem. If they're made for males and females. It's only specifically if it's made for a female, so then a male can't wear it. Okay. So earrings, if they're made for male, it's fine. If they're unisex, so it's also fine. But if they're made for female, if they're very, you know, feminine looking, right? So that's that's the issue. Okay. 
Um, so what about necklaces? You can't really distinguish between uh, male necklaces. Well, it's unisex. Again, depending on the pendant. The necklace itself is not the issue. But you know, what from the bottom of the necklace? If it's flowery, it has pink flowers, then it shouldn't be wet. Okay? So, so now you have to, that's what it's for. That's really what it's for. Okay? Um, so now, and the, and the Torah, by the way, gives a reason. It says, Hashem says, it's an abomination, whoever does such a thing. So, there's a question, what the reason behind it, we're not going to get into the reasons. Most say it's a perversion. It's, we're concerned if a man or a woman is dressing up as the opposite gender, which we see in our society, we're blurring the lines of gender. So we're concerned the guy, the guy is going to try to sneak into the girl's locker room, or the opposite, whatever the case is, and that, that's the concern. According to most Rishonim, explain what the concern is. Um, some right, going to right, exactly. So, so, uh, so the but now the Gemara says this is not only about clothing. This is also actions. So that means if let's say, for example, even here on the Targum, the Aramaic translation says here, it says, and I hope I don't offend any genders, but it says here, loye um, tikun. He gives an example. Actually, doesn't say it in second, but it was here in the other part. Uh, but he says, let's say for a woman to wear talito tefillin would be a problem, same problem, a violation of Isu Darais. It would be a biblical prohibition for a woman to wear tefillin. Why? Because that's a male garment. It's not a garment, but it's a male item. And therefore, for a woman to wear tefillin could be a violation of this law, according to the Tagamunculus and others. Um, so it's not just garments, like we're saying, it's jewelry, it's even actions. So let's say, or for example, the Targum Yonatan says um, for a, a man to shave his armpits, okay, or pubic hair would be a, would be prohibited because that's a womanly action. So it's not limited to only to um, actual garments; it's even for actions. That means a man shouldn't do woman's actions. Wait, wait, that's why I don't wait. wash the dishes in my house. <laughs> 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 but did Aaron have to shave uh, his entire body? Yeah, that's a, that's a, first of all, it's a good point. So the, the Shulchan Aruch says, if when you shave your whole entire body, that's something else. So that you're allowed to do that. But anyway, that's a special mitzvah. Kohen Gadol or Kohen had to, Kohen had to do that. So that the Torah says explicitly. When in certain cases, or Mitzvah, there are cases where the Torah says, but saying in general, for a man, actually, the Shulchan Aruch says that shaving your armpits or pubic hair is prohibited for a male. But if you shave your whole body, it's okay. Because that's not, women don't shave their whole body. They don't shave head to toe. So, so that's another example. So seeing that it's not limited to clothing, this prohibition of cross-dressing is doing for a male to do female acts and a female to do male acts in general. Okay? This so sounds sexist. It's not sexist. It's, um, why is it sexist? No, not uh, why is it sexist. On the contrary, we're saying there's clear genders, and we don't like blurring the line. Today we live in a society where we blur the lines between genders, called the feminization of America. Right, uh, so the the, uh, the that's the Torah saying no. There's a very clear distinction between genders, and we need to keep it that way. What's happening today is a problem. It's, a vi- it's not a literal violation, but by the way, and having a, a gender change operation would surely be a problem of a violation of this, for sure, no question. So, Should uh, be a problem? Would be a problem, yeah. I mean, it's a bit, there's other problems also, besides this, but... No, I'm saying there's other... What? How does the Torah define a man or a woman? Is it by, by birth? How does the Torah define who is a man and who is a woman? That's a good question. Meaning, meaning, is it external genitalia? Is it by uh, 
um, hormones, there's a lot of ways to define male and female. So Torah doesn't clearly, I mean, the assumption is, the, the normal assumption is it's external. Everything goes by the external genitalia. Question is, is it a good point? What happens today, you know, or not today? So, it's not so common, but there are people who are born with, that they, you know, they're, I don't know if it's appropriate, I don't know if it's a family class, but it's up to you, you're the parent. Um, there's, you know, there's people that are born with both sets of genitalia, or what's called an androgynous, androgynous, it's rare, but, so in those cases, there's a question what, how they should dress. They have, so according to some opinions, they have to only wear unisex clothes, because otherwise they might be a violation of this law. If they're male, and they're violating I'll the just go through. by, did they need a circumcision or not? Then no. <laughs> okay, so that's what he's asking. How do you define male and females? That's a whole different question. It's beyond the scope of the discussion at 2 a.m. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but it's a good question. So maybe for sure the Torah is saying choose one. No, no, you can't choose. It's not like uh, today, you, know, you give your child a choice. Yeah, choose what gender you want to be in. It's not, the, it's not the way it works. Torah is not autonomous. There has to be a clear definition. Torah is, right? So, what it is, it's a, it's a discussion. discussion. But, you know, what you count for a minion, but I'm saying normal people, you know, just because someone thinks they're a male trapped in a female body, or a female trapped in a male body, is not going to change their life. That alone is not sufficient. Sorry to disappoint anyone. <laughs> um, so, so the so the bottom line is, it's not, I don't I don't know why you're saying it's sexist. It's not sexist. We'll have to, we'll discuss that after. It's not at all sexist. We're saying there's clear genders, and we're and the Torah says you got to keep to your gender. I can't wear a woman's clothing if I want. What about on Purim? Can I wear it on Purim? Oh, so Purim is a different story. They do discuss that. He has a good question. What about on Purim? So Purim, they, there is a hatter because everyone knows you're not trying to for, uh, to be a pervert. They're doing it because of Purim. Okay. <laughs> I accidentally walked into a women's No, I'm saying, but by the way, I can tell you, my yeshiva, just to show you, there was a my yeshiva, which is all male yeshiva. There was uh, one year, someone came in, in a gorilla costume, started dancing with the Rosh Hashiva, and then took off the head and it was a girl. Dancing. Oh, so oh, see, even Purim, the people... Uh, <laughs> so, so was he, the question is, was he dancing with a gorilla or was he dancing with a girl? <laughs> I know, wait, it's a problem, but it really was a man. <laughs> right? No, it was a girl. I know. Anyway, she's, kicked, she's actually kicked out of her high school. So after that story, they kicked the girl out of her high school. <laughs> That's a good thing. She did that for her. I maybe she couldn't see out of the guy. I mean, I mean Rosh Shiva has a beard. I mean, I'm not, maybe she thought it was a female dressed up as a Rosh Shiva. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Good <laughs> question. I don't know. I think she. she knew. The only garment you have is your girl's clothing, but your. So listen, you gotta wear clothing, but we'll talk. It's a good question. So, so now, so the question is like this. So another example, the Gemara Nazir. I don't have it in front of me. Gemara Nazir, and this might sound sexist to you, but the Gemara says in those days, Gemara says another prohibition is for a woman to carry weapons out to war. <gasps> Absolutely sexist. Okay, so this is from the Times of the Talmud. It says that a woman, what? Intimidating for the man? That's true. But that's not why it's proven. It says, based, brings this verse, and it says a woman cannot carry weapons out to war because that's a, viola that's a violation of this law, of carrying, of the question is what, what exactly is the violation? Okay, so that's what it says very clearly. That's a very clear Mishnah, it's a uh, Gemara. Okay, and, and it even brings 
discusses whether swords are are they jewelry maybe what are, are they adornments are they clothing what exactly it is and it quotes uh, the Gemara it's a machloket there it's two opinions um, it quotes uh, the pasuk there's a famous pasuk outside the UN um, it's still today it says uh, from uh, Yeshaya the pasuk from Isaiah that says we will beat our swords in the plashek so he says he brings a proof he says see the fact that in the times of Mashiach it says they're going to make swords in the plashes. if sword was jewelry it was a decorative thing it was a tachshit what the Gemara calls so then why would they turn into plashes? if it's still wear it as jewelry so that's the Gemara one opinion wants to bring a proof that clearly it's not considered jewelry we don't consider weapons as jewelry okay so that's the Gemara so the question is um, how that do, does all these laws change with society because again how do we define a male garment and how we define male and female and we're saying how do you define a male and a garment or a female garment um, for example let's take pants for example uh, 50 60 years ago pants or trousers whatever you want to call them in, in society 50 years ago there was no uh, a woman would never wear pants today in general society it's the norm uh, for women to wear pants so does it change because now so it used to be meaning 50 years ago there's no question if you wore pants a woman at, uh, if a woman wore pants it was a violation of this biblical law today times have changed so now does the halakha change again it's not that the law is changing the law is the same law don't wear a woman's garment but does the application of the law change which that means today Assuming and we're not getting into this whole sneut issue of pants, it's a separate issue. So speak to your rabbi, the local rabbi about pants. So you're gonna let your wife walk around in pants? Baggy pants. No, no, no so right. So I'm not. I'm not discussing that. I don't want to get into the pants issue. It's very uh, emotional for some people. And speak to speak to your rabbi. What? How do you trust your local rabbi? He's trusting rabbi. He's your local rabbi. I'm not local. I'm from Ashkenazi. Um, okay. So, so now, so that's so that's a different issue. Parents, I, mean, I don't want to go there, but that's just I'm just showing that as an example. So there are many things that changed over the years that used to be solely a man's domain, and now it became a woman's domain, or the opposite. Okay. So, so the question is, so now does the halacha change, and who decides it? Does it? Is it secular society? Is it non-Jews? Do we go a non-Jewish society is doing it, so therefore we can do it, or does it have to be only Jewish society? Now, what happens, for example, let's say pants, let's say you say it's Jewish society, so now the first person that's doing it is really in violation of the law. So are we going to rely on, so now people start doing an avera, doing it as a sin, and now we're going to change, so now Jewish society is going to change because people were sinning, it's, so it's a questionable how exactly, but it's, it's pretty clear, according to many poskim, including Rabbi Yacobin's Rabbi, which I just saw tonight, Rabbi Abadi, he's been here many times in the shul, you know Rabbi Abadi, the... So he, he says very clearly that it's, we go with non-Jewish, it's not dependent on Jewish society. Even if non-Jewish society, the women or the men, non-Jewish society are doing this now, so that's what even Jewish society will depend on them. It doesn't have to change in Jewish society. If the secular society, if the outside world, this now became a normal thing, this is uh, what women do, so then, and now even in Jewish society we can adapt that. That's what he says very clearly. Um, so the question is, so with weapons, so how does it work with weapons? So one thing is, you can argue today, maybe women, you know, it's normal for women to carry weapons. So it depends where. I mean, even in America, and forget Israel, Israel, a whole different story, the idea of, and we're not talking about pikuach nefesh, but I want to make it clear. If it's a question of danger to life, there's no question. It could violate any Torah law. So even including this law. So if it's a question of, if you live in Fandrin, 
Of course you can carry a gun, there's no question. <laughs> um, because because uh, it's sakana. So we're not talking about it. If it's dangerous, there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's no question. If, meaning, to save your life, of course you can violate any Torah law. So if you live in a place where truly you need to carry a weapon, and every time you walk out of your home, there's a danger to your life, and you need to protect yourself, that's not, we're not even dealing with that case. We're talking about where, let's say, you live in, in this area. It's not necessarily a danger, but you feel more comfortable carrying a gun, um, or, you know, or whatever the case is. You go, you're traveling somewhere, you want to take a gun with you, but the place where you're going to is not a dangerous place. So that's where it becomes a question, what is the halakha? Can a woman today carry a weapon or not? Um, do we say because society, or maybe society has changed, or, or not? How does that work? Um, so, so first of all, I'm not sure, I don't know the numbers. I still think there's a lot more men who carry weapons than women. I don't know statistics, I, I didn't have time to, to do the research. Uh, it could be Texas is different than other places, I think it is, many more women carry. By the way, they, today if you go to, to buy a gun, they sell pink guns. So if you're buying a gun that's specifically made for women, there's no okay, question. So, so a man one second, one second. Uh -huh. Right, men should not use a pink gun. <laughs> <laughs> you get mugged and you take out a pink gun, it's not going to help you. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't not advise. even a rainbow colored one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So I'm saying, so if you're, again, if you're carrying a feminine weapon, and not a, I don't mean to say a feminine weapon, I mean a feminine looking weapon that's made specifically, it has jewels on it or it's pink, it's hot pink. It's like a 22 right. versus a 45, right? <laughs> no, it could be. Listen, someone told me that they, I don't want to say this, people can get offended, but they do make guns with less recoil for yeah, yeah. females. Specifically, because the recoil should be less there. Yeah, the men want a bigger kick. So that's sexist. So the point is, but if you're, if you're carrying a, a gun like that, so then again, there's no question. Because that is not a question of violating this law, because again, that's not a begged ish. The whole issue here is carrying something which only men carry. So if it's clearly made for females, there wouldn't be an issue at all. That's number one. Again, so pikoach nefesh, if you live in a place where it's dangerous, literally dangerous, there's no question, you can carry a weapon to protect yourself. If you, and if you're carrying a female weapon, <coughs> for a female, female carrying a female weapon, there's no question. Okay, now, it could be a male carrying a pink gun, would be, could be a problem, also. That's a violation. Is like what? Begit is uh, clothes? Begit is clothes, So yes. what, what's the definition of clothes? Cause, like, why yes, it's not only clothes, that's what we said before. It's not limited to clothing, it's any adornment. Okay, so that, that's actually the question here. Meaning, cause, so some want to say, I'm getting, so it's, the question is when the, when the Gemara Nazir said, the Talmud said that it's prohibited to carry a weapon, it doesn't say, the language of the Gemara is, it doesn't say prohibited to carry a weapon. It says it's prohibited for a woman to carry a weapon out to war. That's the language of the Gemara. So, so what some interpret that to mean is the prohibition is not the weapon. Prohibition is a woman going to war. Women didn't fight, were warriors, in, at least then. Okay, women didn't go out to war. So, using a weapon, not in the case of war, if you just want to carry a weapon, that could be, it's not a problem. That's what some want to say anyway. It's only the prohibition, again, Kumara's language is going out to war. So if you just carry a weapon, but you, you to protect yourself, but you're not going out to war. So maybe that's okay. That's some some want to say. So Rabbi Shifai um, What about the dress like women? 
panty butt makeup is basically and always has been women. <laughs> Unless it was um, so okay, so we get. I don't want to get. Let's stick to guns for now, but we'll get back to it. It's a good question. Yeah, men dye their hair today. Listen, men uh, shave their chest here and shave everything. So it's actually uh, they say it's coming back in. Now men stop shaving the news. What happens if you're like a spy? And you want to like think, make the enemy think that you're like. It's a great question. It's an awesome question. So he just said. So this also the Sefer Hasidim says such a thing. He uh, Sefer Hasidim Yudah Hasid mentions what he just said. He says like this. I read to you. Yeah, where it is? Um. Okay, sure it is. He says like this. Uh, I'm going to read it myself and translate. He says like this. Um, um, even though the Torah says, this is answering your question. Which school is he? Yeah, he knows it. <laughs> it says, even though the Torah says a, a, uh, um, it shouldn't be a male garment on a woman. And a man should not wear a female garment. He says, let's say, there's a, you live in a dangerous neighborhood. The enemies surround the city. Or if you're on the road. You, so you're, let's say you're traveling on the road. You're pulling into a truck stop. Not Bucky's. Some <laughs> different type of truck stop. A real truck stop. Where it's a little scary. You're a woman. You're traveling alone. So he says like this. If the people see, you know, this woman gets out of the car. She's all alone. It might, it's a little scary. So he says, he says, He says, she should put on a male garment. He says, in that case, you're going to a truck stop and it looks a little skanky. In the middle of the night, he says, you should put on, he says, it's 100% permitted to wear a male garment for a woman, to dress up, to look like a man. He says, you could even put on a sword. In those days, it was written in the 1500s says you could wear a sword because in order that they should think you're a man. In those days, women didn't wear swords. So he says, put on a sword. So again, I don't know if this will work in a truck stop. <laughs> but, uh, he says, Kidei shem anashim. In order that they should think you're a male. He says, Yesham kam anashim. He says, if there's only, he says, a few men, few men, and, uh, Talking about guns. Guns, guns. Listen. Guns. Oh, you guys guns, guns. guns. We have guns over here. Your favorite topic, Rob. Guns. Um, he says you should dress up, you should gear up with your weapons in order that people should think you're a male. He says that's permitted. And then he brings a story. He says, Maisa, there was a story. Beishet Yifator, there was a pretty woman. Shalcha B'derech in Baala. She was going with her husband. Basa Mish... So he said she took hair from a friend, she cut off some hair from a friend, and she made a fake beard in order she should look like a man to make sure that she doesn't get molested on the way. And he says the same thing, he says if you have um, teenage boys who don't have a beard yet, they don't have a five o'clock shadow, he says um, they can dress up as women in order that uh, to be saved it shouldn't be started up with from the enemy. So, so basically what Yerida Chassid is saying, it's very clear, you're allowed to violate this law if your intention is, in this case, maybe saying save your life, but it's not even to save your life. You're saying it's just a concern, you want to look like a man, not because you want to look like a woman, 
in that in situation just because you could scared something might happen to you. So he's saying it's permitted. So based on this, Rabbi Yosef says for a woman to carry a weapon is also permitted. If she, if he's saying here you're even allowed to dress like a man to get out of a scary situation, says surely if you need a gun for protection, it's not a violation of this prohibition of of, of having of using a man's garments. A gun, even though technically it is, meaning if, if you're just wearing it to show off, you want to carry an M16 in the streets, he said that's a problem and it's prohibited. But he says, in the case, in the case where you're doing it because you're scared you're going to be attacked, so Vadya says, based, based on this, says the woman is allowed to carry weapons. So basically what it's saying is if I'm living on Fondren and all there is in the house is my wife's pink handgun, I can actually yes, take no, that. No, Fondren he said, oh, you lies, no questions. No We're talking about in a safer neighborhood, like mm -hmm. in this neighborhood, that's what we're saying. You're still allowed to do it if you're concerned. Fondren, you have to carry. It's not Even a question. It's, it's a mitzvah to carry. Right, pink, not pink. Okay? Nothing okay. Um, so... One box. When you get to dying, yeah. One box is dying. So if it's again, if it's made specifically for women, that could be an issue. I don't know what the difference is. It's a good question. I don't know enough about dying. Yeah. Listen, if there's nothing, no difference. You're right. But um, you don't uh, buy the women's anyway. They're more. Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein says he was asked this question also. The same question to Vlad Yosef. He was asked by, uh, by his grandson. In the, people live in these settlements in Israel, in the West Bank, and there's Arabs around when they leave. So he said, Can a woman travel carrying a weapon? Again, this was written many years ago, before they had guns. It wasn't really, again, because Nefesh, she says, there's no question. If it's a question of danger to life, there's not even it, there's no question. Talking about where it's not so dangerous. She's traveling out of her yeshuv. There's no one really, you know, no one's going to shoot her. Might throw a little rock, so can't she carry a weapon for protection? Um, he's, and he's, this is sexist, his, his grandson said, maybe you'd say they can't leave the yeshuv. Listen, because, you know, if they, they can only travel with a man who's carrying a weapon when they leave. They can't go or don't leave. Don't stay at home. <laughs> and don't, don't carry a weapon. So Sir Moshe Feinstein says no. He says like this. He gives, he gives um, three reasons why it could, it's mutar. First he says, he says a very interesting thing. What? He says a very interesting thing. He says that the, he understands the Gemara that says a woman shouldn't carry a weapon. It's not that the weapon itself is the problem. The issue is um, it's going out to war. So what he says is pistols, if you're carrying, if you war, soldiers use rifles, soldiers don't use pistols. So he says when the Gemara prohibited a weapon, it was only an M16, an Uzi, uh, a Kalashnikov, right? But not, if you're carrying a pistol, he says that's not Klima Chama. The prohibition is a, a weapon of war. Because women are not warriors. But women protect them, they need to protect themselves just as much as men. There's no difference. He says if you're carrying a pistol, he says that's one reason to permit it. So again, so according to this, you can't carry an M16, but you could carry a pistol. Okay? So, so he's saying, what? How about pink M16? Pink M16 for sure, that's what he's saying. That's not a, that's for women. Especially for a woman, only huge planes. Train them younger. So, uh, so the point is again, so now she's saying, not, have, permission number one is, he says, that egdach is the Hebrew word for pistol. He says a pistol is not a weapon of war. 
Therefore, there's no there's no violation. The violation is not applicable for a pistol. That's number one. Number two, <coughs> he says that it's only war. That again, it's only going out to war that's prohibited. But let's he says the fact that you know people are throwing rocks at the car. You live in the West Bank or, or in bad neighborhood in New York, right? Or wherever it is. So he says that's not war. Over there, he says men and women are equal. Everyone, men and women both need protection. You live, if you live in a bad neighborhood, men don't need more protection or less protection than women. He says they both need protection, and therefore it's not an act of war. So he says that's it's only again going out to war. So if you're going to the grocery store and you live in a bad neighborhood, like in the West Bank, and there's Arabs around, so you, you he says you're allowed to carry a weapon in that situation because that's not going out to war. You need a weapon to protect yourself. That's number two. And number three. And he says, not only that, he says, on the contrary, even if they're traveling with a man, he says, the woman should carry a weapon. And he writes at the end, he says, Zabaru Pasha, it's clear to me. And he says, they have to learn how to use a weapon, they should learn properly and take courses. He says, if you live in the West Bank, you should carry a weapon. So, which be applicable again, but he's talking about specifically a pistol, and where there's some, not, again, it's not because nefesh, but it's some form where you need protection. But if you're just wearing it for fun, he says, that could be an issue. Okay? Um, he, he doesn't say it explicitly, but he seems to imply that we, we need it, it would be permitted. So that's uh, that's a Moshe Feinstein. Um, but in general, as we're saying, in Texas, it could be this is all the question is a moot question because if all it now became society changed that women carry weapons, so then it's not called a Kligever anymore. It's no longer called uh, something that is a man's garment at all. So, that, so according to that interpretation, if we're saying that we look at we look at secular society, we don't have to look at Jewish society. If in secular society, women carry weapons, which I think in Texas it's pretty clear they do. I don't start up with any women anymore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because it's dangerous. Anymore. What? Women are, are just as many women in the military that go to war as well, so they do carry weapons. That's that's a different question. So that meaning, should a woman go go to war? That's a, I'm not going there because it's a touchy subject. I mean, okay, it's, so, even so in America, it's only a recent thing that they allowed <laughs> women to actually in, to fight in 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 actual fighting roles. Because equality. Anyway, so we talked about M16s and pistols. What about shotguns? Because uh, many people have shotguns in their house as well, m mainly for home defense. Because a pistol can go. Uh, so having your home is not the issue. Nobody, Again, the issue is carrying. Carries. Right, I'm saying the issue is yeah. carrying it out. <laughs> having it in your home, you could have women's clothing in your home too. That's the issue. The issue is wearing it specifically. That's all. Okay, so when I'm in the house, I can wear women's clothing. It's no, not I'm saying no. So you can have it. You can't. You can have it. Having a shotgun is not a problem. You can't wear it. The prohibition process is, is carrying. Wearing, carrying it out to war in the, in the case of a gun. Okay, so that's number one. By the way, the, the proof, it's interesting. Rashi and, um, and the Gemara wants to say, what's the proof? You see that uh, there's a famous story in the Tanakh with Yael. Yael, uh, you know the story of Yael? Yael was a woman who killed a, a big general, Sisra. I don't remember what country he's from, um, but uh, it was a big general who was fighting the Jews at the time. The Jews were losing the war, and this woman, a Jewish woman, she was married, she was a Yishadish, she went ahead and she seduced the general, got him to come into her tent, and uh, she got him, she gave him a lot of cheese to get him thirsty, she got him drunk, fell asleep, she tied him up, and then it says she took the tent, she took the stake of the tent, and she killed him, and she... And she uh, Chopped his head off, she brought his head out, and the army got scared away, his army, and left. Um, her name was Yael. So Rashi says, Rashi wants to say, 
that he brings a proof. He says, you see, why did she use, why did she use a sword? Why did she use the stake of the tent? He says she specifically used the stake of the tent because of this prohibition, because she didn't want to violate the prohibition of a woman carrying a weapon, of using a sword. A sword is a klima chama. Says Rashi, that's why she used the stake and not the, and not the sword. Okay, so that's a Rashi in, in the Gemara Naz- Nazir says. How did the tent stay up because it was four stakes? It's a great question. It was four stakes. You ever went camping? You put in a lot of stakes. She took one out. So, so this is a question to deal with. So, what was Yael? Did she have to do that? Um, did according to what we're saying? First of all, maybe it was Pekuch Nefesh, she was saving the country, so was it correct or not? So Ramosh explains that no, it was a Chumar, she, she could have used the sword. She wanted to, in that case, he was tied up anyway, she had plenty of time, so she rather used the stake, meaning not to use the sword if she didn't have to. But he said, she technically would be allowed to have used the sword in that situation, just she was uh, very religious, and she wanted to be Mahmir. She wanted to be, uh, 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 and therefore she, she didn't want to use the sword. But basically that's what he's saying here. Let me see if I... Um, so again, so Ramosha Faisal and Rabbi Yosef very clearly permit women to use weapons, um, specifically, he said, for sure, pistols. And again, Pukor Nefesh, just to sum it up, if it's a case of danger to life, there's no question. If it's a pink gun, it's permitted. If it's... If it's... Um, um, and they say even today uh, a pistol is okay and it's, as long as you're not going out to war, war would be a problem but just for protection it's not, it's not a problem but getting back to your question just so in general so almost all things that change today in society so we're saying the application changes so for example men dying their hair men used to be a man didn't die their hair only women died their hair today men uh, I think it's just as common for men to dye their hair as not um, in, in today's society uh, if you go to the if you go to Walgreens you'll see there's a full aisle of men's hair dye okay so I don't know the difference between women's hair and men's hair that's a good question but so according to most post it would be okay today for a man to dye his hair just because again again the Allah is, the Allah is changing but it's not that the Torah is changing chas shalom to say the Torah is changing the Torah the Allah is the same just the question is the societal uh, definition of what's considered a, ma- a male act and what's considered a female act is changing. But that changes, so therefore the halacha is going to change with society. There's very few halachot in the Torah that we can say that about. So this might be one of them, according to most, this is one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Like we so said, shaving... A is there a thing between a man's job and a woman's job? No. No, I'm saying it's not about a job. I don't care what, how you make money. It's about... If that action you're doing is a male action only, if society, if women are working in that profession, so that men become, there's no difference. You understand? It's not about the job. So you don't care about. It's not the job that defines it. It's do does society do females do this job in society? Do males do this job? But there is always one person who started. Like for okay, so yes, yeah, so, so I'm saying once the person yeah. started, now it becomes okay, no, then sure. once society yeah. changed, you're right. One alone is not enough. One, it has to be yeah. a good percentage of society. Thank you.